This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 235, You Shall Not Mind Magni Bronzebeard. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash bacon. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. All Things Azeroth is also sponsored by Doghouse Systems. Upgrade your gear today at doghousesystems.com and get a $25 jinx code when you use the code word bacon. That's doghousesystems.com. You're listening to All Things Azeroth. Your World of Warcraft podcast. With your hosts, Midros and Shade. And welcome back to another exciting and very, very interesting episode of All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros, and with me, I have a Shade. How you doing, Shade? Where's the cannolis? No, wait, that was last episode, wasn't it? So we just boss. paused you, and then like we just continue, we just unpaused you for and this show? And then I just pick up, I pick up right where I left off. No, no, no. yeah. Well, well, the last time we spoke, we'd have to pause, we have to continue from that, and then the conversation was completely different. Because last week, after this, after the show, we were on Wednesday on the on the Overlords to attempt to talk about Worgen lore and talk very little about Worgen lore. Yeah, that didn't go over so well. I mean, oh man, we had fun though. Oh. That was a fun show. <laughs> and you can download that episode of the Overlords if you're looking for it. Um, actually, if you go to the weekly podcast roundup. It's listed in this week's list, so... Yeah, if, if you guys are, are looking to, to go there, it's overlore.twistednether.net. Let's hope we can keep this show more on the rails than that one, because... Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't have any Baileys. I, I don't have any Baileys on me or anything, and yeah, we should be fine. Anyway... It, it, it was a fun show. It was a fun show. Thank you to, uh, <laughs> to uh, Rilladoon, to Nevik, to Terranai, and I'm sure I got that right this time. Uh, as well Fair as Grimless yeah. for having us on the show. That was a lot of fun. It was. I, I had <laughs> I had all kinds of fun on that show. <laughs> Honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm worried that we would do like a 10-hour show, I would have our show be that awesome every time. But we do actually want to talk about news occasionally on our show, so yeah. Hey, we talked about some more stuff. I mean, we talked about the old gods, and we talked about the worgen a little bit, and night elves, and 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 beer, <laughs> and my imaginary a whole problem. lot of beer, <laughs> a whole lot of beer. Okay. Anyway, so Medros, how are you doing? Good. How was your week? <gasps> it was. I don't even. Uh, okay. So I finished with the show last week, right? Yep. And my computer had been kind of acting up a wee little bit. So I finished the show, and then the next morning I got up and I went to turn on my computer, and it gave me the message that said that I had no hard drive installed. And I went, wow, that's really kind of dire news there. 
And then it restarted anyway. Like, it started up anyway. It started Windows and did its thing. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can keep it limping along until I get my paycheck and then figure out what's wrong with it and fix it, right? Yeah, that didn't work so good. So, like, every 10 to 15 minutes, uh, my computer would lock up entirely, and I could hear the hard drive in my machine stop working and then restart. And as soon as it did that, Windows completely locked up. I could do nothing. And it was doing that, like, every 10 to 15 minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because I don't get paid until, like, Friday or something like that. Well, my dad, being the the, the coolest guy that in the world, um, loaned me the money to actually go pick up a new hard drive. So I had to put the new hard drive in my system, copy everything from the limping, failing hard drive to the new hard drive, and, and like, put my computer back together again. It took a couple days like, it took a couple of days of doing, so... Yeah, that was that was my uh, week outside of Warcraft, was messing with technical problems. And, and your old hard drive was, you said, an 80 gig, and what was the new one again? A terabyte. So, <laughs> a bit more space now? I have so much space for useless crap, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're willing to admit that you're replacing it with useless crap. Well, I wouldn't say useless, because I... The majority, I mean, I have... I have about 10 gigs worth of screenshots from Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King on my machine. (laughs) And then like another two or three gigs worth of Cataclysm. I haven't quite gotten into the whole, I'm going to snapshot everything I run into in Cataclysm quite yet, but I'm almost there. Anyway, so yeah, I, I use all that stuff though when I'm doing article graphics and things like that, so... In-game, anyway, um, obviously, I I missed two days of raiding because my computer was in bits on my desk, and there was no way I could raid with it. Uh, On Sunday, though, we went in, we one-shot the Twilight Council, we one-shot Cho'Gall, we went and, uh, let's see, we did, what's his name? The goofy, squishy little guy that has, like, what's-his-butt in the cage. Chimeron? 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 Something like that? I don't know. Anyway... He's like one of the bosses in Blackwing Lair. So we or not Blackwing Lair, Blackwing Descent. So we beat him and then we worked on Nefarian. We killed Nefarian and then we went and we worked on uh, Throne of the Four Winds. And then when we were done with all of our raiding for the night, one of my guildmates said, "Hey, we should go do Sunwell for the guild achievement. Let's go do that." And I said, "Okay, cuz I like the Sunwell. I think it's fun." Um, so we went through, we cleared the Sunwell. Like, the raid instance, the Sunwell. We cleared it before the other group that was in Vent with us finished their Heroic Dead Mines instance. It was that sad. <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name? Kel Jaden. Yeah, he, he dropped the bow, and I won it. So, um, that's legendary number four. I have, I have Thorid all the Star's Fury now. Okay. Which was completely completely unexpected, but it's really cool. It goes pew pew, and it's like little magic beams that come out of it. It's cool. <laughs> so yeah. And that was my week. So so the, the, the bow that the bow that re, re, did not need to have arrows, now that no bows need to have arrows. Yeah, but back then it was like a really huge, huge deal, or whatever. But yeah, so I have the bow, and there was like this little twinge of guilt because I was a rogue with a legendary bow, which was like this big huge issue back in Burning Crusade. Um, there was a guild that actually looted it to a rogue over a hunter. 
which was insane when that content was current, that you would give it to a rogue over a hunter. That was just bizarre. So yeah, now I've got both Warglaives, I've got Thunder Fury, and I've got the bow. It's kind of cool. Awesome. And that was my week in Warcraft and out. It was mostly frustrating, but it ended on a good note. Anyway, so what have you been up to in Warcraft? Well, I uh, got my druid completed through all of Deep Home. Uh, is now able to do all the dailies and got his first pebble uh, quest done. Um, my paladin has eight, I, I believe, eight of ten on pebble. So progressing quickly towards that, and looking forward to having my pebble pet. Um, I'm also working towards kind of leveling as many characters as I can. I have found that Frostweave, now that very few people live in Northrend, is very, very expensive on the auction house on Argent Dawn. Um, to the tune of, I believe it was, uh, one piece was going for 150 gold. Wait, one? Um, one piece? One piece Are they for nuts? 150 gold. Wow, because I can like farm a stack of that... Would you like my educated opinion on that? <laughs> I could farm like a stack of that. I mean, you just yeah. go do the the dailies up in uh, Ice Crown, and you end up with like a couple of stacks of it. That's crazy. I guess nobody's really yeah. up there anymore now. So, uh, you know, lazy, lazy people. My priest is uh, is level sixty six, trying to uh, level his uh, tailoring so that I can uh, uh, get it up to four four fifty in order. So that once he hits 75, um, he can go right into uh, Cataclysm era uh, tailoring. But unfortunately, um, you know, trying to power level that is not as easy as I thought. I had sold a lot of it off, um, you know, six, seven months ago, um, expecting that the 2,000 pieces of Frostweave that I had would be enough. And it got me about 50 points. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, um, my priest. I still haven't finished leveling all the way through Wrath. Yeah. Tailoring with my priest. Of course, my priest is still level 80. I haven't I haven't tried leveling her yet at all. Um, I think actually what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to drop mining on the rogue and pick up jewel crafting instead. Just because it seems like it'd be fun. Yeah, the, the guild's been really good. Uh, Heroes Lord are on Argent Dawn. Yeah. Alliance side. They've been really good. A lot of them who have, uh, you know, pieces here and there have been sending them to me. So I'm really appreciative of that. Um, really been helping me get, you know, here as much as I can. Um, I can now make imbued Frostweave bags. Um, is it? No. Imbued Frostweave bolts now. Uh, so, you know, I will get up there eventually. Uh, whether I'll be in uh, Northrend by the time that happens, I'm not sure. But... Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting, and, uh, uh, you know... Tailoring is, only is just... Tailoring is a painful grind. It really is. Yeah, I mean, you know, lower levels, it's easy to get the cloth, but uh, I guess a lot of people have realized that, that you know, just shortly after Cataclysm came out, uh, there wouldn't be a, a glut of uh, Frostweave on the market, so they're, uh, they are going with the supply and demand, and apparently they're buying up every low-priced... And just gouging. Uh, when they can as quickly as possible. Yeah, they're, they're playing the market. And, um, you know, at some point, it's a large server. So at some point, a group will come along that will uh, decide they need to readjust that. And uh, <laughs> uh, they, they will teach these people a lesson. See, I'm like the pain in the butt person that would see that it's selling 150 gold for a single piece. And I'd go farm stacks and put, like, stacks of 20 up for 50 gold. Yeah, and, and that's... 
you know, th- this is not the first time I've seen this on Argent Dawn. I've been there for years. Yeah. Uh, the last time I saw this, it was Runecloth. And uh, <laughs> there, a, oh, a stack of Runecloth rune was going for 300 gold. I remember, I remember back when, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, so back in Vanilla, when they first implemented the whole uh, thing where you could gain reputation with, with other races besides your own, the only way to do it was by turning in rune cloth. So when they implemented that, people had been hoarding rune cloth ever since they heard that was going in, just waiting for the day that it came out. And boom, there was so much rune cloth on the auction house, but it was like 120 gold a stack. Which back in vanilla wasn't like it would be like asking 20,000 gold for, you know, a stack of cloth in game today. It was just it was ridiculous, ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, but uh, yeah, back back when that happened, last time that happened, um, over the span of about three months, the price, you know, climbed up to about three four hundred gold for a stack of rune cloth, um, and then one weekend a guild decided that they were going to readjust that price, mm-hmm. um, and I believe they were putting stacks of rune cloth on the auction house for, um, I if I recall, it was about twenty silver. Um, and they were putting it on, like, they would have literally 30 people, full bags, everything in their bags was rune cloth, stacks of rune cloth. And they were just putting it on, on mass. And, uh, the people who were gouging the market really learned their lesson. Because they couldn't <laughs> sell another piece of rune cloth that price for it. I mean, these people had been buying rune cloth at, you know, somebody put up a sack for 100. They'd buy it, and then re- re- repost it for, for, uh for 300 well when you can't when you have so many stacks on there that you literally you cannot buy that much your your mailbox won't hold that much your bags won't hold that much you just can't keep up with it no um and this went on for a weekend and uh by the end of the weekend they had stopped putting uh, stuff up and the price readjusted to about five five gold a stack which is where it should be at the time for for rune cloth now it's about two gold a stack for rune cloth but you know Argent Dawn being a big server as it is, and a, 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 an old server, you know, a lot of players have been there for a long time. They it's one of the originals, kind of isn't it? It was it, it was a launch day server, yeah, yeah. One of the one of the few original RP servers, and uh, um, you know, p- players on that server will not let that stand. They no. will they will adjust it. Okay, well, we got a whole mess of stuff to talk about today, don't we? We, we do, and we have two segments, um, but first, uh, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor. Um, of course, our sponsor is Audible.com. For listeners of all things Azeroth, Audible has a great deal. It's a 14-day trial, which you get a free credit to, for one free audiobook. You have over 85,000 titles to choose from, so there's lots of different choices you can make. Now, the, the book that we have chosen is one of your choices, Shade. Um, and why don't you tell us a little bit about that choice? Okay, that so, yeah, I touched on this a little bit last week because I said I was reading uh, Exile's Honor, which is uh, it's by Mercedes Lackey. It's one of the books that she did in the Heralds of Valdemar series. Well, they happen to have the first book um, that, I, that I was talking about last week. It's called Arrows of the Queen. Um, they happen to have it on Audible, and this this is actually there's kind of a nostalgia element here. It is kind of a young adult novel. Um, it was one of several that I started reading when I started getting into fantasy books more. 
Uh, the whole reason that I picked up this book was because it had a pretty awesome white horsey on the cover, and I was totally in that horsey phase where I was like, oh my gosh, I love horses so, so, so much, and this is the most amazing looking horse, so this ha has to be like an awesome book, right? Well, it was, yeah, and the horse isn't really a horse per se, it's something bigger than that. Um, the series itself is a really well-written series. Mercedes Lackey is... I, I can't even... She's a phenomenal author, and she has produced a lot of books. Uh, the Valdemar series is one of her most well-known as far as, you know, the universe that she works in. But there are literally, I think... I don't know, like a good 30, 40, maybe more books in the series just from various parts in the Valdemar timeline. In a way, it is just as expansive and convoluted as the Warcraft story is. Um, and I really like the book. I thought it was a really good book. Um, I thought it was then. I still think it is now. It's still sitting in my library. I bought it when I think I was 14 or something like that. And my whole philosophy when I purchase books is I don't buy a book unless I intend to keep it. And I have to really love a story before I'll purchase the book. I liked the story this much with this book. So, yeah, um, I haven't actually heard the audiobook version. I didn't get a chance to check out the sample that they've got on there, but uh, the book itself, it's its a really good book. So I would totally recommend it to whoever. All right, well, let's play a sample of that. It's uh, narrated by Carol E.D. Smith. So let's play a little bit of sample of that book now. Mm -hmm. She asked fear, making her voice sharp with sarcasm. You forget, little sister. I need no army. The sudden flare of light from Vanyal's outstretched hand illuminated his ironic smile and bathed his white uniform in an eerie blue wash for one moment. She shuddered. His Saturnian features had always looked faintly sinister to her, and in the blue light, his face had looked demonic. Vanyal held a morbid fascination for her. Dangerous the man was, not like his gentle life mate, Bard Stephen. Possibly the last, and some said the best, of the herald mages. The servants of darkness had destroyed the others one by one. Only Vanyal had been strong enough to withstand the united powers. She, who had little magic in her soul, could almost feel the strength of his, even when he wasn't exerting it. And that was a sample of Arrows of the Queen. That's actually uh, right from the beginning of the book, too. Awesome. Mm -hmm. it, it's always nice when you can get a real feel for the... Uh, the, the, the writing of the of the author and the narration and how how much energy they put into just making it sound just right um, I really enjoy them and you don't ha you don't have to get this book there this is one of our suggestions we have lots of them over at the dawnforge.com check out the forums and there's a, a post there of all the recommendations that have been made on all of the dawnforge shows um, you can get one we suggest or you can get any of the 85,000 titles on the bookstore. Um, so definitely check that out. That's audibletrial.com slash bacon. That's audibletrial.com slash bacon for your free audiobook. Yay! Awesome. And um, let's... Uh, uh, not a lot of news this week. So uh, let's... Get you... <laughs> we're we're going to play a sec... We're going to play actually play a segment first. Um, and uh, I'm certain... Any of our live audience will know this very well. So with no introduction, oh, yeah. we'll be given to this. Yeah. So enjoy this segment, and uh, we'll be back. It's a little bit longer than, it's usually, than it used to be, but uh, what, 10 minutes long? But uh, it's a good topic. So uh, here is our first segment of the show. 
it's time to get back to basics. A quick and dirty guide for new players as well as current players who want to try something new. After a long hiatus, Back to Basics is back. This is not going to be a weekly feature, at least I don't think so at this moment, but it might pop up every now and again. Today's Back to Basics is about how to transfer your character from one realm to another. The easiest way to do this, in my opinion, is to start by logging into your Battle.net account, because you're going to need to do that anyway as this process continues, so you may as well start there. The next thing you need to do is find the webpage through Blizzard that talks about how to transfer your character, and the way I did that was I used the launcher that you use every time you play the game anyway. On there is a little cartoon of a gnome wearing goggles, and he's standing in front of one of those transformer things, and if you click on that it brings you right to the webpage you need to get started. It is advisable that you know exactly why you are transferring this character for the following reasons. First of all, it's going to cost you $25. Secondly, once you make a transfer, you are not going to be able to transfer that character anywhere else for at least three days. So if you're randomly picking a server and you don't even know why you're there and you decide you don't like it, you're stuck for three days, so choose wisely. It is possible that the realm you're about to transfer your character to already has a character named the exact same name as yours. In this case, you will be forced to change your character's name. You can't have two people of the same character name on one realm, and since you're the one that's moving, it's going to be you that would have to select a different name, or alter the spelling, or do something differently. So if you want to streamline this process a little bit, here's my advice. First of all, plan ahead, have in mind exactly what you want to change your character's name to if you end up having to do that. You also are going to want to look at the website that you get taken to and check to see if the realm that you want to move to is actually eligible to accept people transferring into. Otherwise, you're going to be greatly disappointed when you find out that you can't go there. Another thing I found out you're going to want to do is, before you start this process, make sure that the character that you want to transfer has an empty mailbox in-game. If there's stuff waiting for you in the mailbox, you can't transfer. You'll get something that says, basically, to go check your mail. This is what happened to me. That is how I know. Don't do what I did. Okay, so if you've done it smarter than I did and you went in with an empty inbox on that character, you're going to see a series of boxes on the website that you will select from to indicate what realm you are on right now. Where's that character at? That's what you're going to want to pick. It's a bunch of drop-down boxes and it's split into PvP, PvE, RP, PvP, and RP. So just find whichever one of those is the server that you started on, flip through, find the name, there you go. It's automatically going to pull up all of the characters that you have on that realm. From that list, pick the one that you want to move. Highlight it, click it, let, you know, let the whole system know that that's the one you want to move. 
Next, it'll take you to a new screen and it will give you another series of drop-down boxes asking you to select the target realm. This means you are telling it where you want that character moved to, to what server. In my case, I started out with what used to be my main on the Lightbringer server, and I decided the target realm is that I wanted her to move to Argent Dawn, where the Heroes of Lordaeron All Things Azeroth Alliance Side Guild is located. After you do this, you're going to get a series of warnings that come up just to make sure you understand exactly what you're going to do and, and what the potential risks may be. It's going to tell you that your character is not going to be available for play until after the entire approval process of the transfer has been completed. If this is your only character, you will be stuck rolling a new one until this process is done unless you have the patience to wait. Character transfers are not reversible, so you can't go through this entire process and then immediately say, nope, nope, put me back, because they're not going to do that for you. And again, it can you can only do this once every three days with that particular character. There is the possibility that you will lose some items, some gold, some mail, or some progress on your character as you transfer it from one realm to another. They want you to know that restoration will not be possible for any of these things. It's just kind of the risk you take. Your guild affiliation and your guild tabard design will be lost. You can't transfer from a guild on one server to another server that may or may not have that guild that you have yet to be accepted into. It's just not going to happen. And again, it reminds you if your character's name is already in use, you're going to have to change yours to something different. At the end, it says, are you absolutely sure you want to move? And it's going to show you those charts again, like you saw at the beginning. It'll show you the realm that you're on now. It'll show you your character that you want to move. It'll show you the target realm. And you have to click something that says you've read the restrictions and disclaimers. And then you actually have to type the words, I agree, into a little box at the bottom of the page. So basically what they're doing is they're making it very, very clear to you that once you do this process, you're done. This is what's going to happen. You'll eventually be charged the $25. You will be moving the character you picked to wherever it was you selected. This is your chance to check everything over and make sure you didn't make a stupid mistake and accidentally put your character somewhere you didn't intend to. After you type I agree and you hit continue, then your credit card information is going to come up. You do have to pay for this by credit card. As far as I can tell, it's not going to take PayPal and obviously you can't do this in cash. Once you go through all of the credit card information, another screen will pop up that says your character transfer is now being processed for approval. It says you'll get an email when the process is finalized, and of course that email is going to go to the email address that your uh, Blizzard account, is, your World of Warcraft account is set up connected with, the one that you log in with, that's where it's going to go. And you are able to check on the character status from the transactions page. There's a button you can click on and it'll bring up another screen. And that screen is the transactions page. At the bottom of the screen, there is a little chart, and it shows you the whole process. It'll be highlighting the part that says transfers pending approval. And for me, it said the average wait time on the approval process was one hour. It says keep checking this page or your email for notification. Do not contact Blizzard concerning status of your character transfer. You know, in other words, you're just going to have to wait until this process is done. 
Now for me it took about two hours. It really didn't take that long. If you get impatient and you hit refresh on this particular page that indicates the status of the approval process for your transfer, you're going to have to log into your Battle.net account again, just so you know. Okay, so once this process is finished and you log into World of Warcraft, you can go ahead and check the realm that your character used to be on, and your character will not be on that original realm any longer. Then check the new realm that you want your character to move to, and your character should eventually appear there. In my case, my character transferred over. She didn't seem to lose anything. The first thing I noticed, though, before I could check that, was that her name had been altered. My character's name was Zoe, Z-O-E-I-E, and Blizzard had added a series of random letters and numbers at the end of it, but it did say that I could go ahead and play that character, so when I clicked on that, I expected I would be brought directly into the game. Instead, I got a little window that popped up that indicated that my name has been flagged for renaming, and I believe the reason must have been because there was already someone with a character named Zoe, spelled Z-O-E-I-E. So what I decided to do was add an I on the end of it, and that worked. That logged me right into the game, and just like that, I had transferred my character from one server to another, Another interesting thing to note is wherever your character is in the world of Azeroth, before you make the transfer, that's exactly where your character is going to pop up again on the new realm, which is kind of interesting. So if you want to really streamline the process and you already know where your friends are in the world on their server, you can go there on your original server, log out, go through the whole process, and pop up right where your friends are afterwards. And that's going to be it for today's Back to Basics. Stick around. There may be more popping up at some point. I don't know exactly when, so it'll be a surprise for all of us. Yay! Thank you very much, Jen. Awesome to hear you back with the air guitars and all. I was rocking out. I was totally rocking out. <laughs> I'm sure, I, by, the, by the appearances, our, our audience was just as awesome and just as uh, happy to be there. So, Yep. Breha Priest, it's not a plug for transferring to Argent Dawn. If you wish to, you can. We are just as happy to have a new tune. Uh, you don't have to transfer your existing characters in. Um, she was just giving really an welcome. example, you know. Just to give an example. example. That's all. You know what else I forgot to mention that I did this week? What's that? I totally went back to Blood Oath and I'm not a goblin anymore. <clears throat> you know, I, I noticed that uh, on Twitter your avatar had changed back yeah, to uh, a yeah. white Blood Elf. Well, you know, I had to update that too. I, I, I got, I, I was done with the goblin experience. It was quite enjoyable. Quite enjoyable, and I may roll a goblin alt just to play from actual like level one goblin because I love their starting zone. But um, I I, I kind of I, I missed being a blood elf, which sounds dumb, but I, I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't blame you. Uh, I really enjoy my uh, my human. Um, I know everybody hates the human, but uh, actually, somebody uh, an old friend of mine actually. Was it no friend? No, it was a Christian in our chat room here. Yeah. Uh, who actually said, uh, met up with them on my uh, Drenai Paladin. And they were like, you know, with that helm 
and the and the mustache, you look like a Spanish conquistador. And I'm like, <laughs> I actually had to like turn the camera around so that I could actually see my face. And I'm like, holy crap! I wow, do. I do kind of <laughs> die. No, I, I, I honestly, I was kind of tired of having to warn people that they were standing on me. Um, I, I was kind of tired of raiding and being very small and raiding. It, it just, it didn't feel right to me. It didn't look right to me. And I also missed my, my uh, Arcane Torrent, because honestly, uh, that extra interrupt comes in way, way too handy on the majority of the raid fights out there. Like, uh, oh, Cho'Gall, the ads on Cho'Gall. Nefarian, obviously, when you're on the pillars, there's these little ads and you have to interrupt the ads. There's a lot of different things that you have to interrupt, and it's really handy to have that available plus when i use it i get 15 energy back which means that it's kind of nice for that too you know that's an extra stabbing that i can get in guy john wants to know if you're gonna miss your rocket jump um a little bit yeah a little but honestly um i'm an engineer anyway so i've got my rocket belt and all that other stuff so yeah all right well let's uh let's move on mm-hmm. we, we have tiny smidge of news just a little just a few top just a few topics a little bit and now the news from around the world of warcraft our show note links let's see one two three four lots lots there's just <laughs> lots. Gonna count them all but there's one really major thing this week um, well, let's see. I'm looking at the titles from the most of them are from WoW Insider. Um, the majority say patch 4.1 PTR. So um, let's talk about our last week's topic we'd missed, and then we'll get on with the other news. Oh yeah, okay. Last week we we actually there was a one topic that we wanted to hit, but we really didn't have the time. Yeah. And that was the fact that MO Champion had data mined uh, from the 4.0.6 files some interesting information. That there are um, there's two language new, files. Yeah, it's two new localizations, is what they call them, that they've added to the game files. And one of them yeah. is PTBR, and the other one is JAJP. Which is Portuguese from Brazil, and Japanese. From which, Japan. Ironically, Brazil was in the product slate that was leaked last year. Yeah. And it was supposed to be Q3 of 2011. Amazing, isn't it? That we're It's kind of lining up there, isn't it? Kind of kind of lining up there. Well, yeah, we're we're halfway through Q1 and you know, some significant testing. I mean, maybe we could even see that before the the uh, planned release of Wow Brazil, but that's definitely very interesting. Yeah. Um, that the, that this Definitely leaves some cre- on some credence to that Blizzard product slate. A little bit, yeah, yeah. It does kind of lend itself towards that theory. And and the thing is, is you know, if this whole Wow Brazil comes out on time with uh, what they've got slated on this product slate thing, it means that some of the other stuff that we're seeing on here may also come into play when it's scheduled. And if that's the case, then we're going to be see the next expansion for for World of Warcraft somewhere in the second quarter of 2012 which is next year yep which is lots faster than we've seen expansions previously but also look at Q4 of this year 
that's three releases that they're planning that they are slated for this year. I'm very curious what StarCraft Phoenix is. Star- I'm not sure what Starcraft that is. Uh, well, okay, when they came out with StarCraft 2, right? Remember they said they only came out with one campaign and they'd release the other com- campaigns later? It's probably just the next campaign for StarCraft 2. Is well, what they that have is. Star- they have StarCraft 2 Expansion 1, which is um, uh-huh. I believe that's Zerg, I believe. Yeah, or, it's the next And then StarCraft 2X2 is Protoss, and Which that's in is, 2013. Right, and then they've also got this Phoenix thing. Well, the Phoenix yes. thing, it may be something else along those lines, something that, you know, goes together with that new campaign. I don't know. Um, maybe there's some more bells and whistles that they're releasing at that point in time. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But I, I'm guessing it has something to do with the fact that they're releasing the second expansion. Or the first expansion, excuse me. <laughs> Second expansion. No, that's not till later. Um, the other thing that I found fascinating about this uh, the, this product slate thing, right? One of the other things that was on this list was the Warcraft movie. And that is listed for quarter four of 2012. Yeah, that's definitely... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I... Yeah, I won't say I don't believe that, but that sounds really, really soon compared to what we've heard. And as Miraless in the chat room does point out, targets can slip. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Know, targets have slipped before Blizzard, but... Uh, One of the big things that Blizzard has always been behind is we don't release it until it's ready to be released. Which yep. is why with a lot of the expansions and stuff and uh, things like that, you saw where they were... They were pushed back. The release date was pushed back a little bit, pushed back a little bit more. Even patches have been pushed back a little bit. And it's while they're tweaking it and trying to, you know, get it fully functional before they actually release it. And that's just, that's standard for Blizzard. That's something that they've done since day one. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, The movie, I don't really expect to see the movie released in, like, quarter four of 2012. Because that means that they'd already have to have a script ready and be doing, like, production you know, by the end of this year, working on production. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, they, we know that just before BlizzCon, they had had a big meeting with uh, right. Sam Raimi. Right. And um, it is quite possible that they could start production by the end of this year. Uh, I, I think it's definitely possible that they could have that in production by the end yeah, of this year. Yeah, it also depends on what other projects Raimi's got that he's working on right now. Very true. You know, you kind of have to look at that schedule. Yeah. Of all of these, that's the one that I would see is more likely to slip up than any of them, because yeah, and that's not they Blizzard. Have less control over that one. Yeah, that's not Blizzard. That's Hollywood. That's just how Hollywood works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so so Warcraft Brazil. That's kind of cool that they're coming out with a por- Portuguese Portuguese language. Definitely server, and then also Japan. It looks like they're coming out with. A Japan server, Japanese language server, which is kind of cool too. Yeah, definitely, and, and it's very interesting to uh, to see where that's going. Uh, I imagine you know they're they're going to do more languages and more regions around the world, and yeah, until it's an entirely world World of Warcraft. <laughs> Get it out there for everybody. Have like Indeed. a Swahili server. Everybody in the world should be able <laughs> to play World of Warcraft. That's my opinion. And when the Martians come and they see the role-playing World of Warcraft, they'll want to play two, and then Blizzard can make a, a, a well. Either that, or they'll go, them. "Wow, this planet is really easy to take over. Everybody's playing a video game." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But I, I, I can't wait to pug with the uh, the green guys. So that's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. Not, not the orcs. I'm talking about the green guys from space. <laughs> Another one's going through a portal. Okay. So Anyways. anyway. <laughs> so let's see here. Um, big news. Uh, patch 4.1 PTR hit this week. Yeah. Um, the big part of that, of course, is the return of two dungeons and a pet. Well, many pets, many mounts, many pets, many, lots many of mounts, many achievements, <laughs> many all kinds of stuff. Uh, Four point one is obviously it's the next big content patch. Um, the content patches it's usually you'll see four point one, four point two, four point you know it's four point a number, not four point one point something. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is a big content patch, and this really surprised the heck out of me. They are reintroducing Zul'Garub, and they are reintroducing Zul'Aman. Now, Zul'Aman, you can still go in and play. Zul'Garub, we haven't been able to do anything with since, well, since 4.0, since the Shattering. And that was just because it was taken out, and it was turned into an instant, or it was turned into a, a kind of a phased area that you went into for questing when you were going through Stranglethorn Vale. Um, when they put in that questing area, they took out the instance, obviously. Um, however, if you've ever played through Stranglethorn Vale, there's a very distinct storyline that goes on where you're witnessing what's happening in Zul'Garub. The return of Zul'Garub, it's not the same Zul'Garub. It's not the Zul'Garub we remember from Vanilla. Not at all. Um, what this is, is it's basically a continuation of that storyline that you're playing out there in Stranglethorn Vale. So... It's pretty cool. Um, and I was really excited about that. It's going to return. It's not going to be a raid. It's going to be a five-man heroic instance. And along with it, Zolomon is coming back, also as a five-man heroic. Um, the major really interesting thing about that is that those mounts that were taken out of the game, so we're talking about the tiger, we're talking about the raptor, and we're talking about the Amani war bear. They will all be reintroduced. They will have different models, different colors. It's not going to be the same mount. So if you already got the Monty Warbear or any of those other mounts, you can rest safe that nobody else is going to possess that mount. Um, but it's going to be like recolored or reimagined versions of those mounts, and you'll be able to get those. So yeah. Um, so and so here are you I was. Where to get your mount back? Huh? Wait, are, are are you looking forward to going off your mount again? I am a mount. I am, and I'm not. Uh, I'm happy that they're reintroducing it. I think it'll be really cool. Um, when I played through Stranglethorn Vale, I really noticed that the story just seemed to stop, and there was no continuation to it, even though it was heavily implied that there should have been a continuation to it. So I'm glad to see that there's some continuity going on, and that they're going to you know, do what I had hoped that they'd do, and make each patch, each content patch, sort of an advancement of the story that's going on in-game, right? Yeah. I'm sort of bummed that there's not going to be a tiger. It's going to be a panther, not a tiger. (laughs) So you can, once again, take up your mantle of going after the Zulian mount. Right. But it's not a tiger. Now, the part that's cool about it, though, is uh, MMO Champion earlier today, they released some of the the, uh, models for these new mounts that are coming out, right? Uh, the Zulian Panther, now this may just be a placeholder model for now, but 
what it looks like is it looks like what the epic panthers, the epic night sabers looked like in vanilla before they added the armor. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool because you can't you can't get those mounts anymore either. Um, there were a lot of people way back in vanilla that were really upset when Blizzard introduced these upgraded, you know, epic mount models because they were like, well, I don't want all the armor all over them. I liked them being plain. And uh, there was an option where you could, you know, if you had the plain one, you could upgrade to the armor version. You could trade it in. But... You couldn't go back. You couldn't go backwards. You couldn't get the plain ones anymore. You couldn't get the plain horse or the plain raptors or anything like that. I don't know. I, I imagine that's just a placeholder model. They're probably going to replace it with something with all kinds of, you know, bells and whistles on it. But yeah. for right now, it was kind of cool just seeing that old model again and going, oh, hey, I recognize that from a long, long time ago. <laughs> And I know a lot of people who are are really upset that they don't have that that option anymore because uh, yeah. they a lot of people really love that look. And when they change when they put the armor on, they changed the texture of the cat, so it was no longer that that b- nice black smooth cat. It was it was a different look to the pet, so mm-hmm. or to the mount. So it's definitely good to, that the possibility that they may be bringing that back. Um, I know a lot of players from from Vanilla WoW who had that. Who will love to have it back again? So yeah, I I know they make a lot of people very happy, and there was also a lot of pets uh, that they that that were data mined and actually, uh, sorry, information uh, just a moment ago from uh, both Wow Insider as well as Wowhead um, updated the pat. There's an update to the patch notes uh, for the PTRs. Blizzard has previously said that flying in uh, the Night Elf, or sorry, in the Blood Elf and the uh, Draenei. Draenei zones is not going to be allowed. Uh, uh, well, the most recent update says anymore. flying mounts can be used in Ghostlands. I would fully expect that that will be updated to be also um, all of Eversong, Ghostlands, and Bloodmist Isle. Bloodmist and, and, and Azurmist Isle. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's likely coming as well. Cool. You know, I was wandering around when I was going to Sunwell. When I was going to Sunwell last night, I was like, it is so, it feels so weird that these are the last bastions in the world where I cannot fly. Yeah. It just feels really weird that I cannot fly here, but I can fly everywhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely, definitely fully expected. I don't know a single person who is not... Jam Jars? See, Jam Jars is saying he doesn't think that they'll allow it for Silvermoon because they'd have to redo the entire city. That's the whole point, though, Jam Jars, is I think what they're going to do is eventually, over the course of the Cataclysm expansion, they're going to finish redoing Silvermoon, and they will redo the Exodar so that you can fly around in there, and you can fly over it. This seems to indicate the fact that they're going to allow you to do it in the Ghostlands now. Yeah. This seems to indicate that they're slowly working towards opening up those areas, those areas that were previously instanced areas, which is pretty cool. I I like the fact that they're doing that. I really like the fact that they're doing that. It's definitely nice to see them doing this, and I I hope that more more does continue on. I do hope they do open up all of Azure Mist, all of the Blood Elf zones, and uh, finally open up the last few points that were not flyable. Um, yes, it will take some work, but 
two cities and a couple of zones, I mean, those were likely mostly flyable before. I don't think they would have made the same mistakes designing those when oh, flying was coming in. Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I've been on top of Silver Moon. Okay. Like, I, I found my way on top of Silver Moon and wandered around on the rooftops, and it is just as disjointed, if not more so, than what Stormwind was. <laughs> okay. So it's going to require some work to get it fixed, but I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. I think that they do it. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, again, this is just a, a breaking story as we're starting up as we started up the show today. Um, definitely something to be considered, and uh, I would fully expect that we'll see more uh, along that lines Ooh. as we do uh, continue on. MacGyver's got a cool point too. He said it would be cool if they could incorporate the the being able to fly in there. Like incorporate the whole rebuilding of Silver Moon now that the Sunwell has been restored, and the rebuilding of the Exodar now that the the Draenei have kind of made a home for themselves. He said that there'd have to be major quest changes that would be needed too. But again, I don't think that uh, I, I think that that's one of those things where if they wanted to come out with it on content patches, they totally could. I, I don't see that being beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah, and uh, MacGyver also uh, asked about the Isle of Kaldanos. I would imagine they would do that at the same time as they did Eversong, coastlines, and all that. Yeah, where you could just fly out. Um, I don't know if you could fly out to the island on your flying mount, because it is pretty far out there, and you have to go over really deep water to get there. Um, But maybe. Who knows? Uh, I, I, I can't see it being... I don't think it's unreasonable for them to do it that way. Just put a boat in. I mean... If they're going to redo it anyway, they can incorporate that uh, that great RP zone that was in the world before mm-hmm. and uh, put a boat out there <laughs> to, to uh, the Isle of Coldenos. There's, there's the, they already have the bridge there. That's right. The, the, the um, docks there. So Right. They could do that. They could absolutely do that. Doesn't take much at all, I don't think. No. Um, and then they can put a boat out of... Uh, uh, out of Menethil, you know, or some, you know. Malgara's got a good point too. Malgara's got a good point too. He says there's 50 quests in Ghostlands. There's about 30 quests in Eversong, or or so more for Blood Elves that are just starting out, but not many, you know. He said so 80 quests to remove and replace. It's not crazy hard, and it's not. It's it's nowhere near the scale of what they did to Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor. So I, I could totally see them doing that with more content. Anyway, yeah, so that was in, an interesting bit of breaking news. I'm like, I'm kind of excited about that. That's cool. Yeah. What, you, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier about um, the uh, about the evolving story. Yeah. Now, for six years, we had a, a fairly static story. Oh, know? yeah. Once it was in, it didn't change. Um, now... In the first major patch, we're seeing changes, evolution to the story. What do you think about that? Do you do you like that idea, or do you yeah. prefer the old way of... Okay, I love it. I mean, I always felt like... I understood what Blizzard's viewpoint was, that they, did, they wanted somebody starting now to have the same perspective as somebody starting six years ago. But... I want the world to update. I mean, how many times have people mocked the the unfixed bridge in Red Rage, the un the uh, the repairing forever repairing roof in Westfall? Yeah, and I really I really like the thought of progressive content, like story progressive content. That's really cool because it means that 
We're constantly and consistently moving forward so that when we get to the end of this expansion, it will feel like we've done something. That was a, a, a bit of the problem that I had with Wrath of the Lich King, and definitely, definitely with Burning Crusade. Because Burning Crusade, you get to the end of it, you get to the Sunwell patch, you go through, you restore the Sunwell. You reignite the Sunwell, which is like the source of the Blood Elves' power. That's everything that they are. And yet... You go to Shatrath and nobody notices. You go you go to the Isle of Keldanus, nobody notices. You know, it seems like moving into Wrath, nobody even acknowledges the fact that the Sunwell was fixed, you know? There wasn't there wasn't a lot there. And then when in Wrath the Lich King, dude, we went into Ice Crown Citadel and we beat the crud out of the Lich King. We 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 beat him. We totally beat him down, knocked him down, and I know that they had that whole story element thing in there where Bolvar said, when he took the mantle, um, and yeah, sorry, spoiler guys, if you don't know anything about Wrath of the Lich King, but yeah, Bolvar Four Dragon, he's sitting on the throne now. When he took the mantle, he said, nobody, nobody should know that I'm here. Yeah. And that was what they used to justify the fact that nobody really talked about it, and I thought that was a really cheap way to go about it. I like what they're doing in Cataclysm. I like... I, I really like the... Just the way that it feels. The, the direction that they seem to be on. I think it's a really, really cool direction that they're going. It's, uh... It's great. I mean, like I said, I, I've always wanted to see this story change. Evolve. You know, seeing Westfall change, that really... You know, I really love that. That was one of the first places I went to once the once the shattering happened and I could buy flight, you know, once I could buy flight in, in, in the old world. Um, I really want to see those changes because as somebody who's been playing for a long time, I want to see the story, the world change. You know, something new happen. Other than Stormwind got a harbor. Yay. Blah. I want to see actual real change. No, I thought, and I'm happy I thought to see that, that happen. The, I thought that the Stormwind Harbor was really cool. I thought it was cool how they were working on it. They were working on it. It was something that they were working on. And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, we're done making this thing now. And it was this big new area in Stormwind, and it was really neat looking. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I think that was kind of the precursor to what they're doing now. Uh, but I really I really love the fact that we've got, you know, actual story advancement. So, you know, it's it's I think it's pretty cool. Um, anyway, so yeah, going back to what we were talking about with the pets and the mounts and everything. Uh, I do wish that they'd put the tiger model back in. Maybe a reskinned tiger. Maybe not an orange and white tiger. Maybe like a white tiger. That'd be cool. I would farm for a white tiger. It's still a tiger. I like tigers. Um, I will settle for a panther. <laughs> I just think having a cat to ride around on would be really cool. See, I would like to get on my on Arita, my druid. Uh-huh. Mount up on his night saber and then pull out a night saber cub pet. That'd be something I'd like to have. Yeah, the pets are cool. Um, they've got there's four new pets. There is Landro's Lichling, which is very obviously going to be a trading card game thing, because um, anything from Landro is trading card game. They've got three cubs. They've got the night saber cub, which it's a night saber. They've got the winter saber cub. That one you can actually purchase in Everlook, uh, in four point one. There's a, there's a vendor there, and you can buy it regardless of whether you're a Horde or Alliance, but it's a baby Winter Saber. 
And then they have a panther cub. And I'm guessing that the panther cub probably is going to have something to do with ZG. Because they're all about the panthers out there. Um, the mounts, obviously, we've got the, the Razashi raptor. We've got the uh, savage raptor. And we've got the swift Zulian panther. Uh, the Zulian panther, that's going to be a ZG thing. I believe that the Razashi raptor, that's also going to be a Zulgarub thing. The Savage Raptor, I think, is going to be a trading card game thing, if I remember correctly. And then we've got these three others. Uh, there's two Firehawks. There's a Barrel Firehawk that's green, and a Crimson Firehawk that's kind of like orange, yellow, it's all flames. Um, I believe that those two are probably, uh, judging, just looking at them and, and judging from what we've seen so far, I'm guessing that the green is going to be the 10-man version of the achievement mount for the next raid tier, the 4.1 raid tier. And the crimson is going to be the 25-man. Or maybe the other way around, but I'm guessing that the crimson is probably 25, green is 10. Uh, and then the, we've got this thing called the Flame Ward Hippogriff. Uh, the Hippogriff, now we had... A fiery hippogriff before we had the blazing hippogriff from the TCG this one looks a little bit different it's actually like on fire like really visibly on fire and I'm thinking that that's probably gonna be a reputation or reward maybe from the flame wardens of high but I don't know <laughs> I, I I you know I can definitely see that I mean it's it's consistent I mean the the scenarians have already had one hippogriff uh-huh. um, Flaming is definitely, you know, a theme in Hygel, so I think it definitely would work. I think it would definitely work as a mount, uh, as a reward mount for Exalted uh, Guardians of Hygel, which is why I'm very happy that I've been working on uh, wearing my tabard at getting Exalted with the, that rep, because I would love to have that. Oh, yeah. I, I think that that would be really cool. Also, uh, they did say that they're going to be introducing dailies in Hygel, which tells me that you know, they want us to grind out that reputation uh, or they want us to r- grind out some sort of reputation. If it's not Guardians of Hyjal, it may be Flame Wards of Hyjal or Flame Wardens of Hyjal or something like that. So, yeah, I'm thinking that that's probably going to be a reputation mount. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see it as a reputation mount. But yeah, so uh, not only have we got, like, all of the new mounts and the new pets, we've got new achievements. Did you see those? Indeed, and I would fully expect there will be at least at least two new pets. For, I mean, we know that the pet achievements are going to have pets rewards. They always they don't know, right all now. The high level ones they do. don't. They don't. Uh, so it's also the PTR. Yeah, I change. logged on to the PTR, and I have I have all of the achievements for the pets because I have a stupidly crazy amount of pets. I think I'm up to like 148 pets or something like that. That's um, insane. <laughs> And I don't even have all of them. I don't even have all of them yet, but I have quite a few. Uh, so, basically, this is something that they should have added a long time ago. Because they gave us the 75 pet achievement back in Wrath. And this was before... Oh, man. No, this was before Ulduar even came out, I think. Because I remember having the fawn when we were still farming Malagos. And I don't think that we farmed Malagos anymore after Ulduar came out. I could be wrong, though. Anyway... So yeah, we had the 75, and none of the 75, like, after that, none of the patches that came out after that had any further pet 
achievements. So now they've got two new ones. There's one called Petting Zoo, that's for collecting 100 pets, and there's one called Menagerie, and that's for collecting 125. Obviously, when I logged on to the 4.1 PTR, I dinged them both immediately. Um, did not get any new pets, though, for having them. Now, that may be subject to change, uh, and it could very well be that they've got other pets out there that they'll just, you know, they'll attach to those achievements. I hope so. Because um, I think that getting a pet for collecting pets is kind of an appropriate reward. You know what I mean? I think so. I, I think it, I think it's really cool, and yeah. I'm excited to see. I don't think I, I, I don't think I'll ding the new ones. I, I haven't really been collecting pets that much. <laughs> um, but uh, hey, uh, I have great guildies. Uh, my birthday's yeah. coming up in April, so uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't have any of the any of the uh, drop. Um, you know. The the whelplings that drop off mobs. Uh, I don't know if they still drop, but I'm sure somebody still has those somewhere in the in the auction house or something. So, yeah. And then, uh, of course, on top of the pet collecting achievements, which honestly I think that they could go all the way up to 150, and they would still have people that that would ding that achievement. I'm not quite there, but I could be there in a couple of days if I wanted to be. <laughs> but uh, on top of the pet collecting stuff, we've also got. Uh, a new achievement for learning the Vial of the Sands mount, which I was really surprised. When I learned the Vial of the Sands, I was really surprised I didn't ding an achievement or a feat of strength or in anything, because that is, like, the big mount to get this expansion. It's sort of like having the motorcycle, like, from Wrath, and when you got that motorcycle, you got an achievement for it, so it was really weird that they didn't have one. Well, they have one now, um, and it's just, you know, for learning the Vial of the Sands. Now, keep in mind, this is not for obtaining the Vial of the Sands mount. It's for learning it. So you actually have to know how to turn into a dragon, and you have to have that in your spellbook. You can't just have a random alchemist hand you the item. You have to learn the item. So there's no cheating on this one, guys. Uh, and then on top of that, they've got a new achievement for drinking, called Drown Your Sorrows for drinking 50 different types of beverages. There's one called Cataclysmically Delicious, and that's for uh, eating 100 different kinds of food. And then they also have a new one for tabards, for uh, collecting 30 tabards, which I thought was pretty cool, too. And that's also very insane. <laughs> I'm actually... Uh, I forgot to give an update. I'm actually, uh, in an hour and a half from currently when we're recording this, uh, I will have... All of the true gold I need for my uh, my Vale of the Sands, I just need to pull the trigger and spend all of the gold I have saved up to buy the the materials you have to buy off the vendor, and then <laughs> I'll have uh, the Vale of the Sands. See, it's too bad that you're Alliance because if you have a goblin go buy the materials for you, you can save an obscene amount of gold. Great, uh, <laughs> but I don't have a goblin and I'm not on Horde, so well. I mean, you could theoretically get a goblin to do it for you, but you know, like or like roll a goblin, to, or find well, a friend. I have, I have a goblin. Okay. And I could definitely have any of my guildmates do that, but, um, yeah, $25 to save a few thousand gold. $25? Why would it be $25? To faction change? No, 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 you don't goblin. faction change, you just take it to the neutral auction house and sell it. Okay, but then the, the goblin would still have to have the goal in the first place, so... Right. I guess, yeah, that would kind of be an issue. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I could definitely play the, the auction house. Um, I suspect somehow that 
transferring the gold over to the goblin to originally purchase the items would probably be suspicious. Um, yeah, and if, if I could, if, if I could like get, if I could transfer gold from my alliance side tunes to my horde side goblin, I'd be I'd be in heaven. But I don't believe I can. So there was actually someone on the uh, going back to the whole pet collecting achievements, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was somebody on the comments to that WoW Insider post. The first comment on there, uh, obviously. You know, when you get 125 pets, the the title it, or the uh, achievement it's called Menagerie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so somebody said we should get a mini curator pet because <laughs> when you go when you go into Karazhan and you go to fight the curator, he says the Menagerie is for guests only. I'm like, I would kill for a mini curator. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if only. Um, but. Uh... Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor, our second sponsor. Then we'll do our trivia and head into our second segment of the show. Okay. The second sponsor of all things Azeroth is Doghouse Systems, maker of awesome gaming PCs. I'm sure you've heard about them from other podcasts, but we want to definitely recommend you to Doghouse as they make awesome computers, specifically for the gamer market. The Armor series of computers is a line of computers that are perfect for playing WoW, or even the newer games like Black Ops, StarCraft II, and more. I'm sure that upcoming Titan and Diablo 3 will also be very well played on these systems. Check, out, check them out at doghousesystems.com, and if you use the code BACON, you can get a $25 Jinx code when you buy a new PC. So again, check them, house, check them out at doghousesystems.com. Now, we have trivia. We have trivia. Okay, let me let me talk about that a little bit here. So uh, this this week um, I did part two of Corona. I got kind of a mixed reaction to that article. Uh, the whole point of po- part two was kind of to point out uh, Garona's motivations and what was really driving her, and then point out the the oddity in the fact that she's present in the Twilight Highlands. You do get quests from her. These quests involve getting rid of Chogal. And yet, when you go into the Twilight, the Bastion of Twilight Raid, and you kill Chogal, like you, you, you end him, you get rid of him, everything else, right? She doesn't show up. She's not there. You never see her again, and I think that's really weird. Anyway, so, one of the other things that we talked about was the fact that Garona had a kid. Kid's name was Madan. Uh, he, his dad was Medivh, who was a guardian of Tirasfall. And the, uh, the question that I have is actually about the guardians of Tirasfall. I want to know who, what was the name of the first guardian of Tirasfall? And I also want to know what race he was. I actually had a theory about that. Perhaps Garona didn't want to go into face Chogal because she was afraid that he still had control over her. It, you know, that might be the case, but even then we should have seen her after he was dead. That I could see. That that point I can see. Like, she should have come in and, like, you know, kicked his corpse. Maybe stabbed it a couple of times. Just to make sure he was really dead. Something. Like, the fact that she had devoted the second half of her life to hunting down and destroying the one creature left who held any power over her. And then once that creature is dead, we don't see her? It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's just bizarre to me. Yeah, like, I mean... Really bizarre to me. There's a lot of different possible reasons for that, um, and I'm I'm can't I can't believe that they would actually drop it like that. Yeah. Like I, I assume that they will have it 
uh, come back up mentioned later on at some point. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, we do have a winner. Yep, we do. Congratulations to Nooks. Nooks. Nooks got it right. Uh, the answer is Alodai. I think that's how you pronounce it. It could be Alodi. I don't know. Um, Alodai sounds like it's more of a Warcrafty name. Uh, Alodai was actually, he was a half-elf. He was a half-elf mage that lived in Dalaran, and he was the one that stepped up and became the first guardian. Um, plenty of other guardians came in after him. I don't know if any of them were half-breeds. I think it was really interesting that the first guardian of Tirisfall was a half-breed, which was weird. Uh, Mirrorless asks what the other half was. He was a half-elf, half-human. I don't don't believe there are any other half-elves other than human. Nope. Um, Pretty much all of the half-elves are half-elf, half-human. The interesting part is they are half-high-elf, half-human. There are no night-elf crossbreeds. It's all like, you know, it was the Keldorai, apparently. Um, and what's really fascinating is, you know, the current, the current half-elves that we know about are all progeny of the Windrunner family. So apparently, the Windrunner sisters just have a preference for things that don't have pointed ears. Anyway, so, Nooks, I want you to go ahead and send an email to shade at allthingsazeroth.com. And you've won a Path of Scenarius loot code from wowtcgloot.com. Wowtcgloot is pretty much the place to go if you're looking for any of the loot codes from the trading card game if they don't have them available on the site they do have links to like e- and listings from ebay auctions where you can purchase those items uh the cool part about wow tcg loot though is if you do purchase it from them on the site you get the code immediately you don't have to wait for the card to be shipped to you or anything like that so definitely check that out and nooks go ahead and email me and i will get that code out to you at the end of the show congratulations Awesome. Um, and uh, let us uh, move into our second segment of the show. Okay. And this is Ask Moo. Yay! Hello, friends. This is Moolia Feathermoon, here to answer your World of Warcraft questions from the Tauren perspective. Here's today's question. Hey Moo, Medrus here again. I'll get out to the reason for my question right away, because it might be a bit of a long answer. I know you and the centaur are mortal enemies, but I have to wonder why. Are they jealous of your upright bodies? Is it a size thing? Thanks, and take care. Well, Medros, it's not exactly correct to say that the Tauren and the centaur are mortal enemies. The Tauren, in general, do not wish to go to war with the centaur. The centaur, on the other hand, are at war with everyone, even the other centaur tribes. A very long time ago, the centaur invaded our ancestral lands and drove our people into the barrens. We lived there as nomads, constantly being attacked by the centaur. Our people were facing extinction at the hand of the centaur when the war chief Thrall came to the aid of the Tauren. Together, they beat back the centaur and the Tauren settled in the plains of Mulgor. After their defeat at the hands of the Horde, the centaur tribes settled in Desolus. They generally leave us alone 
as they are too busy fighting with each other. That's all for this edition of Ask Moo. I need your questions, so please send them to me at askmoo42 at gmail.com. Call me at 201-Azeroth. That's 201-293-7684. Or askmoo, all one word, on Twitter. Until next time, may the eternal sun shine upon thee. I love just as uh, just as on our side, Moo is telling people their Twitter. They ask in the chat room, "Does Zappy have a Twitter for Ask Moo?" Uh huh. Ah, the irony. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was ha- if it was MooGyver doing that segment, you would definitely hear a slightly different, uh, um, slightly different accent. Moo would uh, sound MacGyver, really kind of. Australian. Australian. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 quite the uh, the, the dulcet tones of of um, Askmoo. So, uh-huh. um, thank you, Askmoo, for that uh, answer. I've always wondered that. Um, you know, why are the centaurs so jealous of the uh, of the Torn? I, I guess they just hate everybody except for themselves. Yeah, and they almost kind of hate themselves too. Well, they hate each other. Because you have the different centaur tribes that are always warring with each other. Remember there was that whole big thing in Desolus where you had to, like, <sighs> gain rep with one centaur tribe, and if you picked one, the other one would start to hate you more? I hated that. Oh, yeah. I absolutely hated it. Oh, that was such a pain in vanilla. It got easier when they when they fixed the reputation gain thing, but, oh, man, it was such a pain. Definitely. Back in vanilla. <laughs> so, Shade, I have a question for you. I have an answer, but you have to go first. About a week and a half ago, uh, we recorded a group quest podcast. Yes. Um, there was my, yourself, uh, my, me, um, we had Matt McCurley, Matt yes. Rossi, and Grace here. And one of our listeners, Riorial, sent in a question for you guys to answer regarding whether we'd ever get to a chance to see uh, Muradin or his statue or anything related to Muradin in-game. Do you recall what the answer that was fairly unanimous among the entire group quest people, except for me, um, that that was given at that point? Do you recall what that answer was? Yeah, I, I said that I didn't think that we would see Magni in game just because yeah, I thought Magni, it'd be in, in kind of uh, poor taste. <laughs> so, um, how about that PTR? <laughs> I, I still think that it's in kind of poor taste, but it's interesting though. Uh, it's interesting because they did open up Old Ironforge. You can go down there. Um, now, if you read The Shattering, and if you haven't read The Shattering, I, I recommend that you go purchase that book and read it immediately, okay? Uh, you won't understand what's going on down there unless you've read The Shattering. But what happened, basically, Magni found these... Well, it wasn't Magni, it was uh, Bran, probably. They found these old texts in Olduar, these old tablets that implied that the 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 dwarves could become one with the earth and da 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 and Magni decided okay we need to activate these and use them because obviously uh, you know during the the prelude to the shattering uh, the elements the all all of the elementals and everything they were all kind of in an upheaval and they were really upset and they were you know invading everywhere so this was Magni's thought he said you know 
if we can translate this tablet and carry out the ritual there, then maybe I can figure out what's going on. Obviously, his plan kind of backfired, because he did indeed become one with the Earth. He transformed into stone. And if you go down into Old Iron Forge now, you can see the giant book where, you know, they did the whole rituals with, and you can see Magni down there in a runic circle in these glowing blowing stones and everything. I thought that was kind of cool. Definitely. And I'm, I'm excited to see... I understand poor taste. It's it's you know he's dead and all that. I'm not. <laughs> I, enti- yeah. I, I still think there's a possibility, being that the dwarves were of stone, that he may at some there may be some way to bring him back at some point. Maybe. I mean, I just I think it's really weird that they have like the corpse of a faction leader on open display. It would be like it would be like having dead Karn laying on you know, a table somewhere in Thunderbluff where you could go visit him. It's just weird. I don't know. I think it's weird, but that's just me. I I do think that they, um, now if you've ever been into Old Iron Forge, if you were ever managed to, if you were lucky enough to sneak in there in Vanilla or Burning Crusade or um, before they blocked it off entirely, it looked very different when you went down there. There really wasn't that much there at all. So, yeah. You know, in the end, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I, I still think there is some small possibility that there will be some way to bring him back. I don't know if they'll bring him back because the thing is, is they really talked up this whole War of the Three Hammers thing. And if they bring him back and he comes back to life, well, then where does that leave Moira? And where does that leave Moira's son? It's just, it's like, oh, let's just, let's just shove that plot thread out of the way. We'll just bring back the good guy. What, what happens to Moira? Her dark irons, who are who, who will betray her, kill her, and murder. Uh, uh, sorry, Magni will come back, and he will um, he, he will he will rule again. That's just my thought. I don't know. I, I, wrong, I really don't I think, know. I would like to see it as somebody who has always been a fan of of Magni. I would love to see him come back. But uh, yeah, I think it would be cool to see him come back. But honestly, I think we're about. I think it's about likely that we will see Magni come back as it is that we would see Karn come back to life. Karn come back to life, excuse well, me. Oh, I mean, Sylvanas does have those, uh... The vol- oh, the God! Undead Karn! No, no, <laughs> no! Oh, get that out of my head. Where's my brain bleach? Uh, but Forsaking I mean, Karn. No, it would never happen. Honestly, though, I really had to laugh when I saw that Old Iron Forge was open less than a week after that show was released. I was yeah, like, yeah, I thought that was pretty really? cool, you know, coincidental Blizzard, timing. You, I'm like, Blizzard, you have to be listening to my shows. Come on, just admit it. Give me a, a private email. I won't even say it on the show. Tell me you oh, listen now, to the, my sure shows. I'm sure that that's something that they've been planning since the Shattering novel had been true, released. True, true. But, yeah. But I'm like, a week. Less than a week after that show, it's like I do find it comes it, out. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, <laughs> I do find it interesting. I don't know if they'll bring Magni back, but the fact that they opened that area up and there are things down there leads me to believe that uh, obviously, you know, if they're going the whole route of story development and everything, something has to be happening down there to warrant opening up that area. You know? Yeah. Something. We don't know what, but something. Well, we'll have to wait and see, and uh, 
you know, I, I'm very intrigued by the fact they opened that up. And I do want to see that changing story. I want to see how that story evolves because yeah. uh, six years people have been trying to have been going down there without it actually being the re- what, what it is <laughs> now. And now we can actually go there. Um, I'm very interested to see what the story for there is because I've always been intrigued by what the story is behind Old Iron Forge and the Iron Forge that was the basis for the city. Yeah, well, I mean, Old Iron Forge was originally supposed to be part of Iron Forge, but back in Vanilla people would fall into the lava because there was no, like, guardrails or anything like that. And then they couldn't get back out because there was no way to climb out of it. People would die. And it was just a terrible experience. So they said, okay, well, um, we're just not going to include that. We'll just block it off. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, of course, guess what's happening to everybody on the PTR right now? Yeah. Falling into the lava, right? Falling in the lava. Dying. Can't get out. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, if you look at uh, the original uh, look of Iron Forge from early Alpha, it was very different than the world than the uh, Iron Forge that it is now. Yeah, yeah. I really love the fact that places like Grimbatol, which was another dwarven settlement, you can see where Grimbatol draws. You know, there there are distinct similarities between Grimbatol and Iron Forge. So it's like. Oh, they yeah. carried over the whole dwarven architecture theme. That's really cool. Um, MacGyver says, I love that Alpha IF. It was much more a city and more complex. Very true. But again, um, it, they felt it was way too complex. And yeah, they had to kind of uh, simplify it a little bit because it was also the only place where there was an auction house. Iron Forge was it. So everybody yeah. was going to be there, you know. Yeah, for sure. All right, um, we did have a couple of uh, voicemails from last week that I wanted to quickly play. I'm um, just going to see where we're sitting at for time here. Uh, we probably have time for one of these at least. So let me just uh, let me pull these up here for you. And uh, they're both from Mark. Uh, so let me play the first one here. And again, these are from last week. So they may be a little bit, out, a little bit dated, but uh, we did want to play them since we didn't get to it last week. Hi, Medrus and Shade. This is Firefighter Watts from Los Angeles. How you guys doing? I have a quick question. I am actually going to be uh, trying to get myself a beta key for Rift, and I've heard some pretty good things about Rift, and it's got a, um, uh, you're able to um, set up your classes uh, pretty in-depth um, to your liking, and I was wondering, why doesn't WoW do that? Why can't we uh, set up our classes a little bit more personal and, um, you know, configure them just a little bit more different than what the other player is doing? Um, I was just wondering if uh, Blizzard ever came out and stated why they won't allow us to do that. So I don't know if you've heard anything and maybe you can answer my question. Thanks, guys. Look forward to the next podcast. Bye. I'm so tired of hearing about Rift. <laughs> I just don't care about it. I, I really don't. I mean, I've looked into it a little bit just because I was like, oh, well, I guess that could be interesting. But, like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm tired of people drawing comparisons between World of Warcraft and Rift. World of Warcraft is a game that's six years old. Of course they didn't come out with that system, because nobody had thought of it back then. There probably wasn't the technology to do that back then. So, yeah. I mean, will we see anything like that come up in the future? I don't know. It it depends on how that affects the balance of the game. It depends on whether or not people find it a fun way to play. Uh, We will probably know more. I mean, if Rift comes out and it's 
a really good game and people really like it and it really takes off, then maybe that's something that they'll look at kind of incorporating or doing something similar to in World of Warcraft. Uh, but if Rift comes out and it tanks after six months, then no, they're not going to do that because obviously that was a terrible idea. I, I don't see any reason why Blizzard would choose to rip off a brand new game that just doesn't, you know, I don't know. And Chris Blatt. <laughs> Chris Blatt. There's so much division between WoW fans and Rift fans. They seem separated by a giant something. <laughs> Very funny, Chris Blatt. I, I don't know why the division is there. I really don't. Because the thing is, is it's a video game. We all like playing video games. You know, I, I'm just tired of hearing about Rift because the people that like Rift like to call it the WoW killer and all this other stuff. And all I'm doing is I'm thinking back to, oh, I don't know, Age of Conan. And then I'm thinking back to Warhammer. And I'm thinking back to all of these games that were supposed to, Aeon, you know, these games that were supposed to be the WoW killers. And they weren't. They were talked up like crazy. They came out. The servers were flooded with people. People got to see what it was like to play with a full population. And they quickly lost interest in the game. And Rift, I don't know if Rift is going to happen the same way or not. But um, I'm not going to sit there and call something, you know, a WoW killer. Because that just seems to be a really big boast to be making. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. In the end, we'll see what Rift does. Uh, it has, has lots of uh, startup potential, but uh, a lot of games have been that way. And I've said it on Twitter before. We'll see how it goes. You know, Ooh, see, we'll Zappy. see where it is in a little while. <laughs> Zappy mentioned Guild Wars. Yes, Guild Wars was also supposed to be a WoW killer. Um, and wasn't. But it's still fun to play. It's a fun game. Like, these games, they're still around. They're still fun to play. Lord of the Rings Online. It was also supposed to be a WoW killer. Did it happen? No. Does it make it a terrible game? Absolutely not. It's a good game. You know, people enjoy playing it. People enjoy playing Guild Wars. I'm sure that there are people that enjoy playing Age of Conan and Warhammer and all these other games. It's just a different style and a different flavor. That's pretty much my stance on that subject. I, I don't see them taking anything from a game like Rift until they see how it plays out, you know. In the end, we'll, again, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see how things go and um, whether or not uh, whether or not it works out. Um, you never, ever know what's going to happen. So, Yeah. That's about it for this episode, though. Um, I do want to, uh, to tease. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I believe someone online called this pulling a Johnson. Um, <laughs> leading up to uh, the... Uh, Sorry, leading up to the uh, end of uh, March, uh, which, of course, the day after is April Fool's, we'll be doing a contest, and we'll give more information on that tomorrow. But, oh, yeah? Sorry, or, sorry next week, sorry. Uh, we'll give more information on that next week. Okay. But I did want to uh, to give people a bit of a tea. We're launching a contest. It'll be, a, I like to think, a big contest, but uh, we'll, we'll see, and uh, that will be launching next next week. Uh, run for about a month, and uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how many entries and who the winner is for that contest. Because uh, I mean, I'm excited. I think we did a big contest. We haven't had a contest in a while, so. No, we haven't. The last one we had was what, like cattle launch, wasn't it? Um, somewhere around there, yeah. Somewhere in there, something like that. So yeah. Yeah, fourth fourth anniversary uh, was the cattle launch. Somewhere around there was our last contest. So. Okay. Well, cool. 
I'm a fan of contests. Is it going to end on April Fool's Day? And then you'll say, April Fool's, the contest was just a joke. Um, well, it will end on April Fool's, <laughs> but it's not going to be an April Fool's joke. You'll, you'll get, you guys will all understand what I mean next week, so. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know anything about this guy, so yeah, I'm just going to sit here drink my coffee, okay? <laughs> but uh, mm. how about you tell people how they can find us there, Shade? Mm. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> That you can Coffee. Do. Ooh, wow, that was down the wrong windpipe. Anyway, <laughs> to reach us <laughs> via voicemail, you can you can dial one seven eight five ATA WOW five or one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five for those that don't like dialing letters. You can also find the show on iTunes. You can rate it, review it. We like both of those things. Uh, you can reach us via email. So the show email is show at allthingsazeroth.com. Medros is Medros at allthingsazeroth.com, and I am Shade at allthingsazeroth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, the show account on Twitter is allthingsaz. Allthingsaz is our Twitter account. Medros is Medros's Twitter account. Mine is Shades O Gray. That's Shades, the letter O, and then G R E Y. You can also follow Dawn Forge. That's our parent company. We have several other podcasts that you can listen to, including the Obscure Cast, Group Quest, Halfway Around the World. We've also got forums out there for Dawn Forge. That's http thedawnforge.com slash forums. There's a section on there for Audible. I think that's about it. Yes? Yeah, and, uh, you know, just definitely uh, definitely check out uh, our uh, assembly creators, the Ask Moo and Warcraft Less Traveled. Uh, Skull mm, yeah. should be back next week. So uh, Yay! Uh, thank you to all of those who have uh, wondered about him. Uh, but again, that's it for this episode of All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. We'll be back next week, but also we'll be back on, to, on Saturday for the Group Quest podcast. So take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of... Mine, Magni Bronzebeard. Don't you dare try. What? <laughs> I bet you he has pyrite ore. I'm going to mine it out of his rocky buttocks. Anyway. <laughs> Squiggly buttons. It should be lines. This has been a Dawn Forge production. Copyright 2011. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com. <laughs>